Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it's a pleasure and a privilege to have you here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets are back in the Big Apple. They'll take on the New York Knicks tonight for their final in-season tournament group stage game. We'll talk about the Hornets' chances in the in-season tournament. It's not zero, but it's not a whole lot higher right now for the Hornets. We'll talk about that, give you our game preview, and we're also going to talk about the current injury situation, as well as some happier things, and we'll do it with one of the guests that makes us happiest to have here on the Hornets Hivecast. You see her every single game on the sidelines on Bally Sports Southeast, the great Ashley Shamity with us once again here on the HHC. Ashley, thanks so much for joining us. Sam, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I love um, being able to talk basketball with you on your podcast. We are thrilled to have you, and uh, you you always brighten our days on the broadcast and on the team trips and everything else, but we'll, we'll start on a more sour note, unfortunately, for the Hornets and get to the happier stuff as we close things out. Obviously, in the last game in Orlando, LaMelo Ball went down with an ankle strain. That was the initial diagnosis we were given. As of the recording of this podcast, we don't have any further information to give to all of you and uh, so we don't want to jump the gun here and say that he's in or out for tonight's game or any other but just for the sake of argument looking at it as if he were out the team has dealt with a lot of injuries over the last two years clearly and it's clearly had an impact on the record what do you think the team's readiness factor is maybe to have to play without LaMelo in theory for one night or possibly more I can't imagine just as a fan even watching the frustration level because I know we all feel it and I've talked to Coach Clifford about it and you know he says you can't worry about who's not playing but who is playing which I totally understand and I feel like he's been in this league for a while and has dealt with things like this but man sometimes it just feels like the Hornets have a little bit of bad luck when it comes to the injury front on a night where you get Terry Rozier back PJ Washington came back um, you know Terry had been out for a couple weeks with that groin injury and then the exact same game you have LaMelo go out in that first half and you know he was on the ground for quite some time hopefully you know it's it's not as bad as it seemed and we'll get more information on that and be able to update you but it's also one of those things where we've dealt with a lot of injuries. We know how this goes. It's just really sad considering how well the Hornets have been playing, how well LaMelo has been playing. So I'm just hoping that, you know, he's not out for an extended period of time. Hopefully it's just a strain. Hopefully it's something that, you know, he can recover quickly because they were really getting some rhythm. Those wins over the Celtics and then the Wizards. And even, you know, they were in it and not having LaMelo in that second half definitely wasn't great for playing a team like Orlando that has been on such a roll. So it's something that I feel like we've been able to, we just kind of have been able to deal with because it's been a part of the Hornets past these last couple of years is dealing with these injuries, but it is so frustrating nonetheless. And I, I know it's that next man up mentality. And I know, you know, great. We have Terry back at least because can you imagine if, you know, not having both of them, but man, we're just fingers and, and everything crossed. On the game-to-game basis, it, it certainly is going to have an impact, but I don't think it necessarily keeps the Hornets from winning on any individual night, tonight included. I mean, these are the best players in the world, and the NBA, the difference between the top and the bottom, we've heard head coach Steve Clifford talk about this before, the difference between the top and the bottom is 
not as big as you might think. It's more over the length of a season, over 82 games. That's where you really start to see separation. It's not, say, college football, where if Georgia rolls in and plays Georgia State, we know what's going to happen. Not just saying that because you're a Bulldogs fan, but you're looking much closer on the margins here. And so on any given night without one of your top guys or two of your second-tier guys, yeah, you can get a win It's if you're looking at a 10-game stretch. And that's unfortunately what the Hornets have dealt with over the last season and a half is you've seen them without either LaMelo or Miles or Terry. And when you take one of those top three players off the team, the results kind of speak for themselves. The Hornets have lost two out of every three. So hopefully this is a short period of time here where Charlotte has to deal with this. But as you mentioned, they've had a lot of opportunity to deal with it in the past. And we've seen younger players get their chances and make the most of them. Is there anyone in particular from those reserve guards, guys like Teo Maladone or Nick Smith Jr. that you think should get more of a run here or could get more of a run here that you'd be excited to see? I think I'm going to go with Nick Smith Jr. I've been able to just chat with him a little bit more during shootarounds and at practices. And he's just a true Hooper, if you will. I mean, Coach Clifford has talked about his ability to score and he sees it a ton in practice situations. We've seen him play a little bit um, in some of these games in these last few weeks, but I want to see him, you know, maybe get going a little bit. And, and if Lamelo is out for even, you know, whatever it may be, a couple games, a couple weeks, maybe that is a chance for Nick Smith Jr. to get more minutes. And I, I want to see how he's able to to capitalize on it because I feel like he's got a lot of, of weapons and he really is coachable and he he understands this level of play even this early in in his career and so I'm hoping he gets a good run at it and I would love to see what he kind of brings to the table. I want to emphasize this once again as of the recording of this podcast we have no information on LaMelo Ball's status we don't even know if he is out for the next game against the New York Knicks but we're just talking in generalities here Hopefully, it is a short period of time. Would love nothing more than to be absolutely, uh, you know, off the rails here. And Lamelo is back in the game tonight. But uh, Charlotte certainly has had some experience. They have overcome it for big wins in the past, and hopefully, they can do it again starting tonight against the New York Knicks. Coming up next, though, we're going to talk to Ashley Shamady about some of her favorite interviews to start the season. She gets to go one on one with uh, a lot of the family members and followers of some of the bright young stars for the Hornets. We'll talk about those conversations next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber and Ashley Shamady, sideline reporter for Bally Sports Southeast. You can follow her on social media as well, and a great follow, and uh, always giving the latest information in terms of sideline reporting and talking to the players and getting the inside scoop and behind-the-scenes looks for everything with your Hornets. One thing, Ashley, that our jobs have in common, we talk to the coaches a lot. And we especially talk to assistant coaches coming out of the locker room, sometimes after things have not gone so well. One thing I really appreciate about your work, even though we all have, you know, kind of our standard questions, if you don't know something to ask us, what's the message in the locker room or, you know, something general like that? How do you turn this thing around? But you really don't rely on crutches, which is something I I really appreciate. What are some of the things that you do have in your your back pocket to go to or like to ask coaches when they're coming out of the locker room? I'll write these down for notes for me next time I talk to a coach on the halftime. Well, Sam, I really appreciate that because even when people ask, you know, people and in, in students in college or someone trying to get into this business just about asking the same questions. I mean, we're around them basically every day, if you will, every other day. And and having to come up with different types of questions is something that I try and pride myself on a little bit. So thank you. It's a very nice compliment. Even if it's 
if it's the same type of question, I try and ask it in a different way. If it's something of, you know, what was the message in the locker room? I'll take one specific stat, for instance, in the game that we just played against Orlando. It was, you know, they were getting a lot of shots on the baseline and I was just trying to figure out a way to say, what adjustments do we need to do in the second half? But instead of saying it like that, because that's something that I feel like is a, is a pretty typical question, I try and take one specific stat, attach it to it, and then reward it that way. So I do try and find little things here and there, different types of stats, different types of maybe even a specific player or a specific player from the first half. Because, you know, if you're truly watching the game, you know what they need to work on for the most part. Yes, it's nice to hear it in coaches' terminology and their words, but for the most part, you know, a viewer can tell, hey, this is what's what's happening or this is what's not happening, what they need to fix. So I like to try and bring something extra to it by, you know, getting them to to talk about, like I said, a specific player, whether it be for the opposing team or for us or a specific stat. And, um, you know, even post-game, something as simple as free throws. The Hornets missed eight free throws in the game against Orlando, which is huge in, in an NBA game to miss free throws. And so just even asking coach, do you think it's a mental thing about missing free throws? These guys are professional basketball players it's a free throw and I you know none of us can speak to it because we obviously have never been in that situation and making a free throw and I know sometimes it it obviously happens to the best of the best but it's it's something that I always like getting the take of of a coach on so um, I do appreciate the compliment I try and definitely ask different questions and and say it in a different way even if it is kind of going around the same type of um, response that you normally get. That's a graduate level class in sideline reporting and never make it up. You never make up what the uh, code, never, not not once. One thing that you have had the opportunity to do here in recent days, weeks, is talk to some of the family members of some of the newest Hornets. You talked to Mark Williams' sister, who in her own right is a very accomplished, probably the more accomplished of the two, quite frankly, as a WNBA player, pro basketball player, and college basketball player, a multiple-time defensive player of the year. And then you've talked to Brandon Miller's parents, uh, about his journey here, him just turning 21 a couple of days ago and breaking into the NBA in a big way. He's only had, I think, two games where he hasn't scored 10 points. He's really had an impact here on this team. What can you tell us about uh, the the insights, maybe some of the things that you took away from those conversations or the things they said leading up to or coming out of it that didn't make air but might be worth a listen for our Hornets audience? Well, first I just have to say you know, a thank you to the, the Williams family and the Miller family if they are listening to this podcast. Podcast because I always appreciate um, family members taking the time to to interview with me. Some of them, you know, are camera shy or the, you know they haven't really done this a ton. So I always find it really endearing when they are able to to take a couple minutes and, and talk about their their son. So first with Elizabeth, I guess with her brother, um, Elizabeth Williams is man. She is something else. She is so accomplished, like you said, Sam. And um, I've been able to chat with her before. I've met Mark's mom as well, who's just the sweetest, sweetest person. And um, you know, for them to have two professional basketball players in their family is is incredible. So I just really kudos to that entire family. And Elizabeth said wonderful things about Mark and just growing up playing against him, playing with him. And um, before he obviously hit such a growth spurt, I think she used to, you know, beat him a couple times one on one, which love that for her being the older sister. Um, but then obviously when he hit that growth spurt, I think things kind of took a different turn for, for Mark and Elizabeth. And then, you know, for Brandon Miller, I was able to talk to his mom and dad on his 
21st birthday. And my first question to them was, you know, did you ever think you'd be sitting courtside here or almost courtside at a uh, Charlotte Hornets basketball game watching your son on his 21st birthday doing what he was doing all night long, which was scoring that night. And, you know, they were like, we figured maybe in some capacity we'd be at a sporting event, but we did not realize it would be in the NBA with the Hornets and all of that jazz. And so that kind of got me thinking, what do you mean some sporting event? Like was basketball not always a thing? And if you've ever either listened to maybe podcast Brandon has been on or talked to him, he was an exceptional baseball player. He was a pitcher and would literally watch YouTube videos to learn how to throw a fastball. And he was, according to his dad, pretty good um, at baseball. And it it took him having a Grossberg and the baseball pants not fitting him properly that made him switch to basketball. He said, I'm over this. I'm too tall for this sport. The pants don't fit me. So I'm going to go to basketball. And that is literally why he is in the NBA. I mean, if you can and spin it like that. I feel like what a, a, a cool story about how he decided to go from baseball to basketball, but just an overall great athlete. I mean, his dad played football at Alabama, his mom track and field, and then she did play a little bit of basketball as well, she told me. But I think Brandon was just an overall athlete to begin with. And I, I just think it's so cool when you have someone who could literally, I mean, he could have probably played professional baseball as well, which is incredible to say the least. And what he's been able to do in the first couple of weeks of this season. I love when Coach Clifford talks about, you know, his old school, old soul style of play. And I just think that it translates really well into the NBA. And I'm always really impressed how they're able to do that, you know, right off the bat coming into their rookie year, because I feel like college basketball to the NBA is a giant leap. It's a huge difference in my opinion. And um, um, just to be able to to be so fluid in it is is truly impressive. So I've loved being able to get to know um, his family and then, you know, talk to Mark Williams' family as well. And um, I'm hoping there can be some more family interviews to it as, as well. And then I got to talk to, since we're playing the Knicks tonight, I actually got to talk to one of our owners, um, Rick, at the last Knicks game because he grew up in New York and, you know, he would, grew up going to Knicks games and came to Madison Square Garden and getting to hear kind of his story because if people don't no, Rick is actually a, a basketball player now. He loves to play in men's leagues. He competes in tournaments. He says it's kind of to stay in shape, but also just he loves the sport so much. So just finding out a little bit about his past and, and I love how he's been able to just kind of put himself out there and let people get to know him some too. So um, it's been really fun already in the start of this season interviewing some of these people and I hope there's plenty more. Me too. I'm an enormous believer that there is always something to watch for or listen for in any game of any kind that's being broadcast, but particularly in the NBA. And it's our job to find them. And for me, it's, you know, finding a random stat like P.J. Washington passed Vladi Divac is now top 10 in blocks or Terry Rozier just at the last minute kept a streak going of 20 point games. That's his longest to start a season. So I appreciate you finding things that making it so it's, it's true. There's always something to watch for in any NBA game. And I just have to give a shout out because if people don't know, Sam Farber is known for finding these just off the wall stats that you would never would never even think to research. So if we can take out a, a page out of his book on how to do that, I think that's truly impressive. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, he usually posts a lot of them. And I am definitely one to use it from time to time and give him credit, of course, on the broadcast. But he somehow, I mean, he's, I think, a math 
mathematician at heart. So I don't know if it's just the numbers game or what, but he's finding these off the wall stats. And it's really cool to be able to come into a game knowing something like that. I appreciate our mutual appreciation society. And uh, again, it's always great to have something to watch for no matter what the score is, no matter what's going on. We know Ashley's got you covered on the sidelines. Coming up next, we're going to talk about tonight's game, Hornets versus the New York Knicks. Preview is next here on the Hornets Ivecast. Sam Farber, Ashley Shamady here with you on the HHC. It's a game preview edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets getting ready to take on the New York Knicks. We'll reiterate something from our first segment. As of the taping of this podcast, we have no definitive knowledge on what's going to happen with LaMelo Ball status. We're going to proceed here uh, and we'll you know feel free to include him or not include him for our normal game day preview. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on before we get to our real preview segment here against the Knicks is just the bad luck the Hornets have had here with this season series. The schedule has shifted a little bit in the last couple of years where the NBA has put in more of these series where teams will play each other multiple times in a row in the same city. That's not happening here. I like it as a general concept, but the only thing I don't like about it is it allows for luck to play a factor. Like if you were to play Milwaukee twice in a row and Giannis happened to have sprained an ankle that week, you have a huge advantage. Or say John Morant, if you played two games against Memphis right now, it's a much better chance you're going to get a win versus if you play him at the end of the season when he is scheduled to return. And so in general, the NBA kind of takes luck out of the equation by if you're playing a team three or four times in the season, like the Hornets and Knicks do every single year, you space it out over six months and 82 games and you don't have that luck factor in like, oh, is LaMelo going to be available for one day in particular? Or might Mitchell Robinson or RJ Barrett or Julius Randle be hurt? You know, unless that injury or you know, reason for being off the floor extends for a long period of time, it really isn't going to factor into the season series. That didn't happen for Charlotte this year. They've spent at least the first two games of this season series without one of their top three scorers. Uh, That's just bad luck for the Hornets, but Charlotte will try and overcome it potentially tonight. We don't know for sure. Let's get into our game preview. We need a player to watch from each team and a stat to watch. You pick the category and lead us off. That is really an interesting thing to, to talk about, Sam, because you don't really realize that. You just see, hey, we play the Knicks three times in a matter of a month, basically, on the schedule. But it's so true because if a guy's out for a couple weeks or it rotates and with the Hornets luck lately, it's been that way that, you know, it is really unfair, especially when they're, you know, in your conference and one of your rivals and whatever it may be. So hopefully tonight is different for the Hornets. They've played them, um, obviously, two other times and the Knicks won both of those games and Jalen Brunson, man, he is on such a tear. I know maybe we can do player to watch for both, but for me, it's obviously going to be Jalen Brunson. He's been the leading scorer for the last five games for the Knicks. Um, They just lost to the Suns on Sunday and they're on this nice long home stretch at Madison Square Garden. So I think these two teams, they always play really competitive. I do think the Hornets like playing at Madison Square Garden. I think it's beneficial for them when they're on the road, but they're definitely figuring things out. And Jalen Brunson just happens to to go off each time he um, plays the Hornets. So for me, it's going to be trying to contain him. They should know this team really well, which I guess is one positive of being able to play them multiple times in in a couple weeks, and they should know what what they need to do to to try and get the win. So hopefully that goes that way. And and like Sam has been reiterating, we're not sure about LaMelo Ball. I know that's going to be a huge factor, and it would be nice to have everyone healthy and see how they face this next team. But you can't worry about who's not playing. you got to worry about who is playing. 
No question about that. I like the pick with Jalen Brunson. The, the Knicks' reputation is this big, bruising team that crushes the glass and, you know, defensive-minded, but you do need someone that can score. And Brunson, uh, he has gone off a couple of times now here against the Hornets, not just this season, but over the last couple of seasons. I'll look, though, at one of those big bruisers. I'm looking at Julius Randle. He's someone who can beat you in a lot of different ways. His size and strength, he can get to his post position, do those sweep moves, get into the shooting motion, get himself to the line a lot. He's very, very skilled, so he is a load to handle. He can sometimes be convinced that he is an elite three-point shooter, and some days he is. But some days he's not, and so that can be his Achilles heel at some points. I do think the Hornets now with more depth at the the big positions, with you know Miles Bridges being back and every and PJ Washington as well, you do have a little bit more ammunition in that head-to-head matchup. But as good as Brunson has been, as good as Robinson has been, Randall. I think, tends to be the barometer for the team. If he has even an okay game, they tend to have a really good chance to win. If he has a bad game, though, it's really hard to overcome. So Randall will be my player to watch here for the Knicks. Where do you want to go next? Stat to watch, other than points, because that's cheating, as we know. Or do you want to go with a Hornets player to watch? I'm going to go with stats, and I'm not sure if this can be a stat, but I'm going to talk about the reserves and the bench play because that's absolutely what kind of killed the Hornets in that first meeting. They were so much better in the second meeting, but the first one quickly, 17 points for him. Basically, everyone that came off the bench and played any minutes was able to score. And I know, you know, depth is something that we've talked about. And and I even asked Coach Clifford about it yesterday, just about having, you know, guys healthy, knowing the rotations, knowing who's coming off the bench and having depth is so important, especially in today's league. So I think that's going to be another factor and something that we need to watch out for, especially if we find out more about LaMelo and, and, and what's going on in, on the injury front. But I hope I can pick reserves or the bench play as, as maybe a little bit of a stat to watch. I like it. I'm going to say three-point shooting. I think that's been a, it's a great equalizer in general in the NBA. The Hornets to start the season were very low on the totem pole in the NBA in three-point percentage. They've begun to climb here, and it's not all the mellow ball. I think in that last game against Orlando, you really saw the, saw the shot quality for the Hornets increase. A lot more of those drive, kick, swing, open looks at threes. Sometimes they fall, sometimes they don't, but I think the Hornets are taking a lot more shots where they're set, they're catch and shoot. That's exactly what you practice all all the time as an NBA player. So I like the way the Hornets are generating these shot opportunities offensively. And it's a make-miss league, as they're famous for saying. If the Hornets can make a few more here in this matchup against the Knicks, I think that could really turn the tide in their favor. Last but not least, we need a Hornets player to watch. I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward. In the two games that they've played with the Knicks, I think he's had a combined 10 points. And like you were just talking about with Julius Randle being a little bit of a catalyst for the Knicks when he has a good game, it usually bodes well for New York. I think it's the same with Gordon. I mean, he's just the adult in the room, as Del Curry likes to say, the veteran out there and we need him to score and we need him to to get off to a good start offensively. He provided a lot of defense um, this past week in the big two wins that they had, even when his shot wasn't falling. But I think he really helps propel this Hornets team and keeps them on track if things aren't always going well or if they need a bucket right away. Um, so just kind of uncharacteristic like for him to have, you know, four points one game, six the next. And to me, he's going to be a player to watch and important in the Hornets getting a win tonight. He's one of many wings who, for the Hornets, if they can get going, maybe it stretches that defense. Maybe it pulls the Knicks away from uh, the post and, and makes them do some things they don't want to necessarily have to do. So we'll see Gordon Hayward, definitely always a player to watch here for Charlotte. I'll go to another one of those Bronx 
barometer players. I'm going to go to Mark Williams. He's had a really good start, I would say, to his second season. The numbers-wise, he's really elite in terms of the sophomore class right now in the NBA, an elite rebounder in general. He's been good scoring the basketball, but as he goes in terms of winning his minutes, the Hornets seem to go. If he's a plus three or better, Charlotte is undefeated. If he's not, I think they've got like one win right now. So there's a lot of other focal points on this team, and a lot more goes into plus minus than just how one person's playing. It's it's a little unfair to pin that on one guy. I think LaMelo's plus minus is in the negative right now, and that's not because LaMelo isn't a great player. He is. It has to do with injuries and absences and everything else that goes into the contest, but it still stands. If Mark Williams wins his minutes, the Hornets win those games. So I'll look at Mark Williams as my player to watch here for the Hornets in a tough matchup against a very big New York Knicks team. No matter what, we know Ashley Shamdi will have you covered tonight on the sidelines on Bally Sports Southeast, as well as the pregame show and postgame locker room coverage. Ashley, we always appreciate you joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Look forward to doing it again later on down the line. Yes, first time on the podcast this year, so looking forward to many more. Thanks so much, Sam. I appreciate it. Thanks to Ashley. Thanks to Rob Longo for putting this podcast together. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. Tomorrow, no matter what, we'll have a game recap edition of the HHC, looking back at tonight's game between the Hornets and the New York Knicks. For Ashley Shamity and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.